What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Catch. We start off today's episode with a quick catch-up, just talking about things we've been consuming lately, whether it be music, uh, television, movies, whatever it may be. We then get into some NBA off-season report cards thus far, and then finish up with some Victor Wembanyama talk. Enjoy. So what have you uh, been consuming lately? Any music? On, yeah, on the music front, um... I got plenty of time to listen to music all day long. So I've been listening to a lot of, I don't even know if you know, you know Bodie James? Nah, but Bodie was He's the kid way, from The Wire, right? <laughs> no, no, no. That was the kid from The Wire, Bodie. Yeah. Uh, he's like, he's affiliated with uh, Griselda. You know okay. Griselda, right? Yeah. Like West Side, West Side Gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So he's like affiliated with them. And uh, I've listened to him for a minute now, but as of late, there's just been something about his music that's like kind of put me in the in the mindset of like, yeah, he's probably my favorite my favorite artist right now. Did he just um, put something new out? He actually drops fairly frequently. Like any, everybody within that group drops like I'd probably say like four or five products a year. Like they're like super yeah. consistent with that. Um, but he actually did just come out with something recently. He does like a lot of collaborations with like uh specific producers. So like he'll do a whole tape with like with one producer and shit like that. So um no, nah, I've been on him a lot. Um television wise though. Oh, what are you gonna say? My bad. I was gonna say, did you listen to the pink tape? I know we had talked about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't Honestly, think it very far. It's I don't it, know it's, if it's you think it's a maturity thing, like an age thing or uh nah because like he's very experimental like, i don't even think it's about age like it's like what cut like what do you want to hear from uzi yeah like it's not i, I didn't a, mean a lot of it. i meant like us like our age like yeah yeah, yeah. no i know what you mean yeah. but i'm saying like i think yeah i think it's just about like what do what do you want to hear from him because i mean in my opinion he does have songs that goes back to like uzi versus the world like that kind of sound and um yeah even like love is raised like i think there's some songs in there that does kind of have that same sound but he also gets very experimental with uh his heavy metal heavy metal influence i feel like this is the first time that i've had like an old man moment not even like old man just being the, the first time i felt old listening to music like oh what the hell am i listening to right now not even that it's bad like i think it's pretty cool to like experiment like that and to like you know expand the borders of genre and i should probably revisit it but it was just a little bit much for me in the moment at i least. mean if you're like a if, if you're like uh i shouldn't even say die hard but just like a traditional hip-hop fan and you're probably not gonna like it like if if, if you're yeah. if you're uh i guess openness isn't expanded to <laughs> to that reach yet then like you're probably not going to yeah. enjoy it the way some other like i guess you like to your point like the younger generation might because you're you really going to call it oh no i was gonna say would you even really consider it a hip-hop album uh not necessarily no i i mean i i don't know what genre to call it. i think it's beyond just being like a single genre you know no that's fair Especially considering like the amount of like the number of subgenres they've come up with, I'm sure it yeah. falls somewhere, somewhere in that space. Um, 
What were you going to yeah, say about I, television I probably will before? listen to it again. Yeah. Television, though. Um, for any OG listener, I'm sure everybody knows that. I'm not much of a movie or TV person. <laughs> so I'm not really up to anything like that's current right now. But um, I've been list- or I've been watching The, uh, the Sopranos. Okay. And that's actually, I was, I said it as if there was more coming, but no, that's all I've like seen. That's all I've been watching. Um, I never saw it, surprisingly. I haven't got into it yet. I thought you did. I swear we talked no. about it before. No, I haven't, surprisingly. I will No, because you have put me on, you have put me on, you and actually, a couple of people actually did, put me on with The Wire. Yeah. So I gotten through that. Um, and then like following that, and even before, like I've always heard that Sopranos and The Wire are kind of like neck and neck. Um I mean, both HBO shows, more or less the the the, the subject of the series is, is in essence the same. I mean, one's mob and one is inner city stuff. Um, but no, yeah, no, I've been, I've been liking The Sopranos, and uh, I got to get on once I finish up with it because I've I've already come to the determination that I can't keep up with two shows at one yeah, time. Like it's it's impossible. Hard to balance, so I know yeah. you try to put me on with Succession. Yeah, you yep. try to put me on Succession, which I started. Um, I got about four episodes in, but at this point, I still was off to trying to keep with The Sopranos, so I didn't. I had to drop one. Since I was already like three three seasons deep with The Sopranos, I, I'm going to finish it out. Then I will get to Succession. Um, and then after that, I, I can't say for certain what's going to be what's going to be up next, but I'm open to recommendations. Going back to kind of the uh, how Wire and six and uh, the Wire and the Sopranos are like kind of similar, I think that's kind of what makes HBO the best in terms of like producing like like uh, prestige television. Would be that they take people and characters that should be so unlikable in real life. Yeah. Like, these people are really, like, villains and criminals. Like, if you look at their best shows, The Sopranos, they're thugs and gangsters and the mob. Uh, You know, The Wire, whether they're, like, drug dealers, criminals, corrupt cops, or Game of Thrones, there's unlikable characters that you like. The Succession, there's the people are, like, so out of reach from what the average person's reality is in terms of, like, how wealthy they are and how horrible people they are. Like, Succession, really, there's not really any likable... Or there shouldn't be any characters that are likable. But the thing that HBO does, somehow, does so well is make you like characters that should be unlikable. Um, yeah. I guess that's kind of their trick. Because I do think they are the best at, like, putting out television. Even Euphoria. Like, the you've seen Euphoria, oh, yeah. right? Like, a lot yeah, of the characters, yeah, like, that. the main characters and Day's characters is a pretty bad person. Um... What's the guy's name that's the dealer? Fez. Uh, oh, Fez. Yeah. Oh, I, like, he's like the fan favorite on there. Yeah, like most of these people should be on, like people that you don't like in real life, but HBO just yeah. doesn't say such a good job of making unlikable people likable. Um, another show that I would recommend, maybe like further down the road, would be The Bear. Have you heard of The Bear? Nah. I'm kind of just getting into The Bear now. But season two just came out. It's on Hulu. It's an FX show. Um, and it's about like uh, a kitchen, basically, like a restaurant. I'm only four okay. episodes in. So like I'll come back with another update. But I'm only four episodes into season one. But they're a little bit easier than like these other hour long episode shows. It's only a half hour. 
it's quick and like easier to digest. And that's more um, of my speed. That's more of my speed. A half hour yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. Half hour so, episode. I mean, yeah. yeah. So basically, what I've seen so far is like this guy is like the best chef at like the best restaurant in the world in New York, but he's from Chicago and his brother owns like this spot that I guess has been like in their family for a while. And his brother commits suicide and he comes home to take over the place. But it's like a shit show. Like it's like running to the ground. Like it's just not a successful business at all. They're way behind on money and bills and they're like in bad debt. And it's just like a sandwich shop. Like they're not really doing like anything super exquisite. And he's trying to basically turn it around. But from what I've heard from like people in the food industry and stuff is that it's like the most realistic food and beverage like restaurant business show like it's like super realistic to like yeah. what it's working in like a kitchen actually is like um so i obviously have a lot more to to get through and like i'm only four episodes in but i'll come back with an update but season two just came out from what i've seen so far it's great i would recommend but the bear the bear yeah on hulu the bear yeah um yeah, i added to my uh <clears throat> yeah i added to my to watch list which is already about three, four pages. So that's our catch up. We'll take a quick break and then get on to some NBA offseason stuff. All right, so we're going to do NBA offseason report cards so far. As of this recording, it is 1048 Eastern time on July 3rd, day before Independence Day. Um, so I got a list here, Miles, of uh, nine or ten teams. Obviously, the NBA has taken up a lot of the – it's a downtime in sports, and they've kind of taken up a lot of, like, the landscape of sports in the past week or so, a couple weeks, really, with the draft and free agency starting a few days ago. Um, so I got some teams here. We'll go through some of their moves and give them a report card grade. Um you want to start with the Sixers? You being a Sixers fan, you had mentioned something to me about how you wanted to get some stuff off your chest. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 so much going to be a uh, long drawn out rant, but I will say is I think I've lost. I can officially say I think I've lost confidence in the Sixers uh, as an organization. Wow, it's uh, their front office, <laughs> their front office has made too many questionable moves, and like they just mis mismanaged and mishandled so many situations. And I think it's like at the point now where. You know, it's already kind of been speculation about like what Embiid's future might be with the Sixers beyond this season. And uh Oh, I'm aware. At first I'm keeping a close eye on that. <laughs> you have some you have some interest in what might be going on. Yeah. Um But no, like seriously, like it like it is fair to question, like, will Embiid be there beyond the season? And if they don't I don't think they're going to have much success or they're going to be any better than they were last season if you don't get a player that's, like, of the caliber that James Harden was. I mean, like, he obviously has his downfalls, um, his inconsistencies, but in general, like, he's still, like, a super dynamic player and impactful. Um, I think it also depends on, like, what, what you want from him. I know the issue that he had was that Doc Rich tried to put him into too much of a facilitator, um, which he, I mean, he is great at, but when you allow him to just be free and, uh, you know, give him the option to the opportunity to score, not just deferring to him beat all the time. Like 
it's only going to add to his impact. Uh, so would that be in the case? Like, I truthfully, I wouldn't be upset if he were to stay. I know they don't really have much of a reason to trade him otherwise, other than him wanting to be elsewhere. Um, so what's, what's your yeah, gut I'm, feeling I'm, with this with this thing? Do you think that do you think that um, this was like a complete blindside by Harden and like they weren't expecting this? Or do you think and it beats kind of like if we don't get something back for him, then I'm out. Or is it like Embiid is kind of been talking with the front office like think, let's kind of move on from this guy like do you think Har- do you think Embiid enjoys playing with Harden and like he, that he would want him to stay or he would be pissed if he left or he would be happier with getting a a haul for him and what is the yeah, market I, mean, for I, I don't even? I don't see that I don't know I don't know what the market for Harden is truthfully I I, I don't think that he has the value that the Sixers think that he does have um it's like this might not be something that is resolved or something that happens within the next week or so. But I think they will like be patient as far as getting what they want. I don't I know. Think, what that I is, think Daryl Morey really has don't. shown that throughout his career that he's not he's not gonna rush into something and take yeah. a loss. On not this for deal. sure. And I mean that that is that would be for their best interest right now because what I was trying to get is I don't think that they're gonna be um were they three seed this season. Like, I I can't imagine them being a top four seed without getting a player in return that's like of the same caliber that that Harden is um yeah because then at that point you're not not saying that you obviously you, you don't that, that not saying that you wouldn't want him to improve Maxi who I'm talking about but I think it wouldn't be fair to to expect him to take the leap that you would need for them to maintain the success that they had <clears throat> last season um Despite how well he did play, I think he will improve. But I, I know his biggest flaw that I see, at least, that he isn't a playmaker. And for once, the Sixers actually had a playmaker in Harden. Um, that could both play, make, and score because obviously they had Ben Simmons. But Ben Simmons wasn't the same threat to score. So I think when you have somebody who can do, that has the ability to do both of those things, one, it frees up the game for Embiid, which you obviously saw this season with him winning the MVP. Um, but yeah, so it's only going to be for the benefit of them if they can have somebody like that and just getting rid of Harden because he wants out. I mean, sure you want to accommodate for him, but the the only thing um, that would scare me is that we have uh like evidence of Harden like completely sabotaging situations he doesn't want to be in. Like he'll just literally quit on the team. I think like, I think that they're already Houston, kind of at that. Done. No, yeah, I feel you, but I think they're kind of already at that point because if 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 they don't play to I guess maybe what Embiid's expectations are. Again, how they were last season. Like, there's a fair chance that he axes out himself. And then where are we at? I mean, I like Maxi. Are they at the point where they're going to build around him? Like, I don't know, but yeah. they don't have they don't they don't have much assets out outside of young assets um, outside of Maxi on the team. So I would hate for the Sixers to have to do a reset button like that because we went through however many God knows how many years of like misery. Yeah, to get to that point of success, but I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I I think that the they had to make some really big decisions, like in the offseason, obviously, but like the right decisions, and obviously that's what you a fan would say for like their favorite team. But I think that if they don't they don't do something right here, then this season will kind of be go down the drain, and they might be uh, taking some steps back as far as rebuilding in a sense i think we should leave the grade as a at least 
from my perspective, I want to leave it as a TBD until we see kind of. Oh, I didn't know we were giving a grade on the Sixers. I didn't know we were giving a grade on the Sixers. I, mean, I, I, that I, was honest, just... I don't really think there's much <laughs> of a grade to give. They haven't really done much yet, but I'm just leave it up in the air until something. Brief side note: him. I do, I do like the Pat Bev signing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think that's like a. He's like a Philly guy, you know. Like he fits in. Yeah. He'll be good. The grit. Him and him and it's kind of funny to for him and B to be on the same team. There'll be some like fun games, definitely. Some like sports yeah, center, no, I, I, like yeah. Bleacher Report type moments. Yeah, but um, I want to see. I want to see how long it takes for uh, MB to do some something foolish. I have to say, yeah, and uh, Pat Bev freaks out. Bever, Bever, yeah, Beverly uh, expressing his feelings. Yeah. Well, one team Harden might get traded to that I really hope he doesn't is the Knicks, my team. Um, I just don't see the fit, which I'm not like a huge fan of like fit necessarily in most scenarios, but that's mainly for like bad teams. Like I think that sometimes teams get too caught up with like fit, but in like a league where you need stars, I think they should try to get as many stars as they can. And if there's a star that's available, they should make a move or at least, you know, do their due diligence. But I just don't see a world where Brunson and Harden are good in the long run with each other. Like, I just think they're both like ball dominant, both need the ball, both aren't great defensively, which in the playoffs could be a problem. Even though they do have good uh, defensive guards. And then the other thing is the Randall piece. Like, I don't think that. Like Randall also kind of needs the ball. I just don't think that would be a, a great <laughs> that, that he does <laughs> a great system they'd have there. And also, what do you give up for him? Like, do you give up RJ for Harden? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm I like RJ. I'm not, I'm not in love with I'm not in love with RJ, but I like RJ. I think he's a good NBA starter. He, he's averaged twenty points a game, give or take a few point. Uh, you know, 0.5 points or something like that over the last two seasons. Or I think Harden averaged 21 a game, 22 a game last year. Yeah. So from a scoring output, they're almost, they're, you know, pretty much similar. Obviously, Harden's a much better playmaker. RJ's probably better, not probably, he is a better defender, but I don't know. I just don't know what so, you give up for him. I'd be afraid to give up some of the depth to get one player that is number one on a one year, isn't the last year of his deal. And number two has proven that he's not great come when you need him to be great and also kind yeah. of negates what our best player already does. No, that's fair. I don't think there's any reason for the Knicks to like rush where they're at. I think they're in a pretty good place, all yeah. things considered. Yeah. It just becomes a, a thin line of when do you make the move? Because like you're eventually going to need a number one to take that next leap. So, like, how long do you want to be in the position where you're kind of, you know, like a second-round team? I mean, a star always becomes available. Yeah. Yeah, especially in so the NBA. So, it's just a matter of, yeah, it's just a matter of them, I guess, coming to determine who that who that right person is. Like, I kind of agree. I don't think Harden is that person for the Knicks. Um but at some point, somebody will become available. And again, I don't think that they should be in a rush to find that person right now because who knows? Like I said to you, like you never know. This 
this is a season, another season, maybe the last for like RJ to prove that like he can maybe be a number a number two guy. Um, well, like a we don't need team. him to be the number two guy, but one signing I did like was you don't uh, think so? N- no, I mean he's not better than Randall or Bronson, and if we get another star, we'd probably have to move him out. But even if we got another star, like say. Well, not even because I would say even if Embiid becomes available, he would probably have to be in that trade. But even if there is a scenario where we trade Randall for a better player, or, or I don't, know, I just don't see RJ being a top two player ever on a championship team. But That's fair. I did like the Divincenzo signing. I do think it becomes kind of redundant, like some of the guys like Hart, Grimes, Divincenzo. And even RJ to an extent, like RJ is better on offense than those guys, and he's more of a slasher. Where the other guys are like true three and D guys, um, but there is like a redundancy there with how they play. But I, it does, it does make it more feasible to like make a a trade for a star. Like we could get rid of two of those guys and still have two guys to do the same type of thing. You know what I mean? Or like yeah. if we didn't sign yeah. Divincenzo and didn't get Hart and we trade. Gr- uh, Grimes and RJ or something like we could be left with a defensive liability, but I do like the DiVincenzo signing. It might seem like a lot. Uh, he got four years, fifty mil. Fifty mil kind of seems like a lot when you say it out loud for DiVincenzo, especially for a guy that's going to be coming off the bench. But I just think like where the where the league's going and how the cap's moving, like a lot of these deals aren't going to look that bad in a few years. I hope not. A lot of people got a whole lot of money. I mean, Van Vliet just got what forty three million a year. That's insane. It's insane. So, yeah, I don't think that's gonna look that bad. Um, the Knicks also traded Obi Toppin to the Pacers for that's two second round How you feel picks. about that? I mean, Where they didn't get to go. They didn't get much of a return. It had been rumored uh, for a few days there. And I think that if they were going to make a bigger move, he was going to be involved in it anyway. So I kind of feel like he was kind of on his way out the door. I liked Obi. He was he was good enough. Like he he was really athletic, uh, great in transition, and was like a decent shooter. But he kind of just became like a spot up three point shooter. He didn't really defend. He couldn't really rebound for his size. He yeah he, he didn't really do much. Um. I mean, he could definitely, like, fit in on an NBA court, but I don't see him being ever, like, a great NBA starter. And even if he could become that, he wouldn't with the Knicks because of Randall. Um, and Randall's, a, like, a super durable guy. Like, Randall, before he hurt his ankle last year, he was on pace to play in every game. So, like, you know he's going to be playing 75, yeah. 80 games a year playing. And the way Tibbs coaches, like, Randall's going to be playing 40 minutes a game. So there's just not much room for a guy like Obi. It is kind of disappointing they got no return for him, but also it's a guy that averages eight points a game, nine points a game. So like it's not like there's much of a market for him. Um, so I, it does suck that he was the eighth pick, and now three years later it's turned into nothing. It's gone. But like, how long do you really ride it out? You know what I mean? Like I just think yeah. he's kind of maxed out behind Randall, so you don't want to take the loss on that high of a pick. But what are you gonna do? I mean, they could have held on to him to package him for a better move, but I think DiVincenzo is going to get better minutes than what he did. Absolutely. I agree. All in all, I think they've had a good offseason. So they, I mean, they haven't done much, but I think that adding DiVincenzo 
and Brunson going into his second full year with the team now has a full year under his belt, and they have the momentum of winning a playoff series for the first time in a decade. Um, I think all in all, it's, they're, they're definitely moving in the right direction and building the right type of culture. Um, if I had to give them a grade... They get a lot of grade? Yeah, yeah I'd give them a... I mean, they haven't done anything to earn an A because they haven't done anything like spectacular, like got a star. I'd give them a, I'd give them a B. I'd definitely give them a B. That's fair. I was kind of thinking the same thing. You mean, you yeah. need to force a move that's not necessary. Yeah, exactly. I, I think they they probably got slightly better, but they didn't get any worse, which for the Knicks is a win. So I'll take <laughs> it. It's a positive. Uh, next team I want to talk about, Los Angeles Lakers. So some of the notable moves they did, um, they brought in Jackson Hayes. They, they re-signed Austin Reeves, which they need, needed to do. They brought back D'Lo. They brought back Rui. They added Gabe Vincent from Miami. They added Torian Prince and added Cam Reddish. Those are their major moves. Um, they didn't pick up the option on Malik Beasley or Mo Bamba. Um, anything out of those moves jump out to you? I guess they have a little bit more depth. I mean, I think that from a backup point guard, from the backup point guard position, like I, I would, I would say Gabe Vincent is a better option than Schroeder. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I I kind of liked Schroeder last year specifically. I thought he was good for them in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think that Vincent is kind of like the prototypical like he's he's gonna be good with LeBron. Like you just know he's gonna be good with LeBron. He played he's played in the finals. I think it's like a a good addition to somebody that's kind of been there, done that. He could spot up, shoot, handle the ball. I think he's going to be really good for them. And they got him at a good price. He's uh, yeah. in pull up his contract. Three years, yeah. 33 mil. That's not bad at all. At all. So yeah. I like that. I think that Jackson Hayes and Cam Reddish are kind of like upside guys. Like Jackson, Mo Bamba, I don't even know how many games he ended up playing for the Lakers. But I think him and Mo Bamba and Jackson Hayes are kind of a wash. Like they get a full season of Jackson Hayes. But I think his upside is super high. But if you don't get anything out of him, you don't get anything out of him. Same thing with Reddish. Like, those two might be really good for them. Um, but if not, it's not really going to kill them. Those are kind of just, like, swings they're taking, I feel like. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess if you are looking to be a contender, I mean, you can afford to just have see, – see what pieces fit and what doesn't. I mean, it's um, not like it's costing him anything. I think especially with the – yeah, for sure. I mean, especially considering I th- I don't think the Lakers got the well. It seemed it seemed as though I should say that when it came to the bench, they were just really trying to figure out who was who who they could rely on, who they could call upon. They didn't really have a set a set rotation or that they felt comfortable with. Um, yeah, and Cam Reddish. So I think his, yeah, his yeah. if you can address some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I think if you could address some of the stuff about having more solidified role players. I mean, I think Gabe Vincent proved himself, especially in the playoffs. Um, Terry and Prince is like a solid, a solid player. Another, like I guess, a three and D guy. He can try yeah. to. I think that was also a flaw. Like this, the Lakers didn't have enough shooting. Um, yeah. To yeah to compete with other teams that are putting up however many threes, um, which obviously you need a you need to make threes to win. So, uh, yeah, I think that adding Terry and Prince as well was a, was a pretty good move. And I mean, I agree with you again with Reddish. I mean. I mean, he can he spot up shoot. Like, but there's they no can guarantee. unlock him. 
then like he'll be good next to LeBron because he gets spot up shoot, and that's what LeBron likes to play with. And if they can unlock Hayes, yeah. like AD would prefer to play the four. So if they could have like a scruff like big to put next to him, but I mean we'll see. It could I mean it could honestly go either way. Like I could see it going either way. I think that if LeBron and AD are healthy and they're both awesome this year and they unlock these role guys, like I could see them being a top three or four seed in the West and getting back to where they were this year, conference finals, maybe even get into the finals. Or I could see LeBron and AD being banged up. And then it's going to look horrible with Gabe if it's Gabe Vincent and Cam Reddish and Rui and D'Lo and your starting five. It's not going to go well. But yeah, I would lean to. I think, think the best moves they made. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was. I, I would lean to think that it's going to go well. Obviously, it's always going to be barring their health. You got a guy that's in his 22nd year in the league yeah. or whatever, and AD who's been banged up a lot. So if they are healthy, I think it's going to be awesome. But, yeah, no, so I think that their biggest moves, the best moves at least, were. Being able to keep Reeves and uh, and Hachimura, they got Reeves on a deal too. I was expecting a lot they more did. money. He was he's at. I feel like I heard a couple months ago he was like closer to the hundred million, which sounds insane. Yeah, yeah, he's at. Sounded he, insane. They got him at four for fifty six, which isn't bad at all. Um, nah, not at all. But I think Rui, they kind of unlocked him last year, getting him from Washington. Um, so I think it was a good move to bring him back. D'Lo, uh, you know, um, whatever. Nah, it's he is what he is. <laughs> we'll see what they get out of him. I mean, I mean, it's not a bad idea to bring him back. At the very least, it's a trade piece. But um, I think the biggest, the the bit, the, the best and biggest move they did was bringing back Reeves. But all in all, again, all barring health, I'd give the Lakers. Just for getting Reeves at that price. See, I don't want to get. I don't want to give them an A. I really don't want to give them an A. But I'm, I'll give them an A minus. We'll see what happens. I give think they put the. Feels. I, the thing is, but the thing is, they got to the conference finals last year, and they definitely got better. And they definitely didn't get worse. So I don't know how you give them any less than an A minus. So I'll give them an A minus. Well, I was gonna give them less than an A minus. I was more of like a B plus. Okay. B fair. plus range. Um, I mean, what more? What more yeah, could they, they have done? They, they held. <sighs> Do you think they were serious in like wanting to get a superstar? I mean, I think the Lakers are always serious in getting a superstar, especially with like you. You don't know how much longer you have with LeBron. This might be LeBron's last year in LA, so like I think that they're gonna yeah. do whatever they can to, you know, capture the window that they have now. I guess I mean I think I, I guess they could have got Kyrie, which would have been a bigger splash, or like uh or Van Vliet or something like that. I guess that probably like would you rather bring back D'Lo and add Game Vincent or just get Van Vliet? I don't know. Well, I don't think Van Vliet is that great, but I mean we'll we'll get to that <laughs> at some point, okay. anyways. But All right. uh, but no, I was I was gonna say that I mean again when you factor in like AD's health and like and LeBron's age, it wouldn't have been. Like a necessarily a bad thing to get another third superstar, if possible. Yeah. But at the same time, it's almost better to have more depth because you could kind of pace them throughout the regular season. Now I don't know, but A minus B plus. We'll stick with that. I think it's it's positive both ways. Next team I got on the docket's the Golden State Warriors. Um, they're kind of at an interesting point as well. 
where I think they kind of gave up or are moving in the direction of giving up on the, like, balancing the different generations. Because they have the young guys of Wiseman, Poole, Kaminga, Moody, and then the other you know, vets, Clay, Dre, Steph. They traded Wiseman last year. They traded Poole this offseason. And I think that they're kind of at the point where they're like, we're whatever the window is we have left with Steph, we're going all in on it. Yeah. We're trying to win a title every year that we have them now. We're not going to be necessarily I think worried that's the about aggressive, after the, that. I think that's the best approach for them to take. So they, yeah, 100%. You have, you have a top, at the worst, top 15 player ever. You kind of have to, you know, go push all your chips in and go all in. Um, so they brought back Draymond, which wasn't really a surprise. And there were some rumors the Kings were going after him, the Pistons, whoever it may be. He's always going to be linked to LeBron and the Lakers. Um, but they brought him back four years, 100 mil, I think it was. Um, they obviously traded Jordan Poole and got Chris Paul. What did you think of that trade? I don't think we talked about it at all. What did you think of the Jordan Paul, uh, Jordan Poole for mm. Chris Paul swap? Yeah, I think that uh, as much, I mean, I don't know if anybody is denying it, but I think it was obvious that from whatever happened in the preseason, um, probably had an effect on Jordan Poole's game this year. Oh, 100%. And I think that they – yeah, I think it just needed to be done maybe from a locker room aspect. And then, I mean, what he did give you on the court this year wasn't what you had saw from him for the previous season. So, I just think it was in, like, maybe both sides' best interest to go away with him and, you know, see what you can get in return. I agree. He gets um, to go to Washington as as and shoot 30, 28, 30 times a game, however many times he wants to shoot. So. <laughs> They're gonna be Washington. They're Washington, gonna be abysmal. Yeah, I mean Washington isn't going anywhere, so he can go ahead and get his get his numbers. I mean, I was gonna say get his numbers and get his bag. He already got his bag, but yeah, um, go ahead and put up as many points as as you want. It's get been talked about. Right. It's been talked about already, but it's just kind of funny that like of all years to completely blow your team up and rebuild, it would have been last season. Because you have a generational talent coming into the yeah. league, and they did it literally a year too late. But I mean, is what it is. They just got a new yeah, GM. Yeah, but I don't, so. I don't. Wizards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, they've they're another franchise that just hasn't put anything together from like a front office perspective. Mm. You know, with the construction of their team, so the uh, the new GM is probably can't get any worse well, that's how sure. they have been um but you know but back to the words i don't i don't really know truthfully what to expect um from adding chris paul i mean i think you saw a little bit of a digression from his game too this season but i mean he's still excuse me he's still capable of running it off i mean my my, my, my bigger thing is i'm interested to see how he fits within that offense um, I, I think he'll fit. I mean, I think he, he'll be a lot more. He's he's really smart. He's been in a lot of games, and like I think he could adjust and adapt. Um, I think the biggest thing that scares me with this team is kind of like, it's a long regular season. They're gonna have to pace themselves through it. Like they're gonna have to figure out like, are, is Chris Paul starting? Is Chris Paul coming off the bench? How many minutes a game is Chris Paul playing? Because Clay's had catastrophic injuries curries they ha they have so many minutes and so many miles on them and they're all on the wrong side of 30 so 
they're going to have to figure out how they're going to pace themselves through the regular season. And they're not the deepest team in the league by any means. So they're going to have to figure out how how to get a good enough seed. Where I mean, I, I think they're kind of at the point where they don't really give a damn about what seed they are. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Because they were the sixth seed last year and beat the Kings in the first round. Like, I don't think they really care. But you don't want to be in a situation where you have to play in the playing game. And then you, you, if you're low enough, you might have to play another playing game. And then you're going to have to play one of the best teams in the conference to start the playoffs. Like You don't want to dig yourselves too deep of a hole. Like I think if they're the four, five, or six, they'll be fine. But I don't, once they start getting into that seven, eight, nine range, I think they could be in trouble. But I think they're a better team than that. But they're just going to have to pace themselves because they don't want to burn out in the regular season and be left with nothing in the playoffs. Yeah. No, I know. I, I agree with that. Um, yeah. I think that, not to mention, they've already have a lot more, aside from just their age, They've gone deep in the playoffs so many times in just the past decade alone. Yeah. Um, where they they already haven't been more wear and tear, but I think that they'll. I think Steve Kerr like will manage that well. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I I don't know if you he, saw the he, report no, he, today. Um, Draymond said that he thinks Chris Paul is going to unlock Kaminga. Take that for what it's worth. I don't know what that means, but. I would almost I think mean, I would almost think it's worth it to trade Kaminga, like if they're gonna go all in. You think so? If they're gonna go all in on Curry, like I, I don't mean, know what his market is, but yeah, I I get what Draymond's saying. I mean, if you look at where Chris Paul is going when it was uh, OKC, and then when he first got to Phoenix, like the improvement that he had, the impact that he had was like very obvious, and and there the team's improvement, like from the record from the previous season. Um, so yeah, I see him getting the most out of out of guys, but I don't I don't know what to expect from from Kaminga. Obviously, he's still trying to get things figured out. Like they're trying to figure out as well, like how to utilize him. But yeah, I guess I get what Draymond's saying. We'll see how it goes. So they brought back a Hall of Famer Draymond, and they added a Hall of Famer Chris Paul, and Jordan Poole. Even though he's a good young player, I think. At this point, he would be more of a problem than anything. So by that logic, I would give him a... I'll give him a B-. Because I, 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 I think best case scenario it could be awesome. But I think they needed to get a little deeper based on what we saw against the Lakers. They need to get a little deeper and they needed to get bigger. Because I think they just kind of got bullied against the Lakers. They don't really have much size, and they haven't yeah. added any interior size. So I think they still have some work to do. I mean, I don't know what other moves they have, if they would package Kaminga and Moody or whoever. But I, I give them a B- minus at this point. Yeah, I would say a B um, for the potential of for what you know this could be especially if chris ball is healthy and playing i mean obviously not an all-star caliber you know level no more but he's still on um, the top half of, of starting point guards in the league so yeah if he can be one of those guys i mean i don't see how it could hurt the warriors yeah um let's talk about the phoenix suns so the suns added Bradley Beal, obviously. 
they also signed Eric Gordon. They got Gordon at two years, 6.5 mil, so super cheap. Um, and he's a vet shooter that they could use in the playoffs. Like I, I think he's definitely a playoff guy for them. I'm going to botch this name. They got uh, Watanabe. Never knew how to pronounce that guy's from name. From the Nets. From the Nets, yeah. I would think that's a KD suggestion, I would assume. Um, so this team's just going all in on offense. Like they got they got guys that could shoot it. They got guys that could score it. They, have, they don't have many defenders. Um, I guess we'll start with the Aiton piece of everything. Do you think that it's in their best interest to keep Aiton around or move him and maybe get two to three guys that they could add to the rotation to add some to some of the depth issues that they have? I think it would depend. Do you, maybe I'll, I'll ask you this anyway. Do you think he wants to be there? Because I think that's a big factor as far as what they should do with him. Because I don't. I think if he doesn't want to be there, well, he's not going to be engaged and he's not going to be he's not going to perform as well as he should. Well, I, I, I don't even know if he likes basketball. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like it's. <laughs> I think that him and Monty Williams had a lot of issues. And now that Monty's yeah, gone, to mention that. it might be better. But Frank Vogel's also kind of like Frank Vogel's kind of like a hard ass defensive guy. Like he's probably going to be on Ian's ass. So I, I mean, I don't know how much he's going to enjoy that. I mean, I, yeah, I thought that him I, and Chris gonna, Paul got along, right? I don't know. I mean, Chris Paul's I've heard is also hard to play with as well. So yeah, with a kind of like an attitude or an approach that Aiden has, maybe he wasn't. He wasn't a fan of, of Chris Paul or his personality, at least. It's a tough um, question because, like, in the West, you know at some point you're going to have to go through Jokic, and you may have to go through AD as well. So, like, you don't want to – if you do have a, a, a guy that has played in the finals and is a former number one pick, and, like, last year wasn't great, but the year before that he was good. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that – I wouldn't be so quick to move off of him. Because you might need him down the road if you get to the conference semis against AD or if you get to the conference finals against Jokic, whoever it may be. Like, you might need the depth, but you might need somebody to match up with Jokic. Definitely. You know, I agree with you from that standpoint. And then I also, I would want to see what they can get out of him under a new coach and see what Fogel, um, what he can get out of Aiton. So I think for that reason, like, it'd be worth hanging on to him. Yeah, did you like did you like them adding Beal? I mean, it's kind of hard not to like he's an all star level guy, but is it kind of redundant with him, Booker and Durant do? I think so. I mean, I was gonna say, can you have too many scores? But I guess you've seen it in scenarios where yeah, you have too many ball dominant guys, it's not gonna not gonna work out. But I don't know. I mean, obviously they're going all in on winning and outscoring just just simply outscoring their opponents, which is obviously the the purpose of the game. But I mean yeah. put defense to the side and score as many points as you can. Booker's the guy um, I want to keep an eye on. Cause you I think mean, that he might want to leave. I, I I think at this right now there's no part of him that wants to leave. But you know in this league especially like stars become unhappy so quickly that like 
I think they're all in on winning now, and they've been all in on winning the last few years and haven't got there. Like, they got to the finals. Then they had an incredible regular season and lost in the second round. Then they traded for Durant and lost in the second round. Now they traded for Beal. I think if they lose in the first or second round this year, and Durant's getting older and the writing's kind of on the wall, like, not that that's going to happen, but if it there is a world where who knows, you know? Maybe things don't go great this year and Booker kind of I, – I don't see him as that type of guy, but you just never know. You never know in this league. Yeah, and I mean, right now I'm saying, like, you're crazy for thinking that he might be out of there by next season. And you might not be wrong. Crazy he might, he might, be, he might be on the Suns for 15 years, and I, I don't know. You, might, I might, I, you could be right. Yeah, but I was I was saying I was saying that to say crazier things have happened and like I've been wrong on my assumptions about stuff like that many times. So you might be honest on with, with with that being the case, but right now I'm firm when he he's not going nowhere. Yeah. So I think that this could obviously change. There's still moves to be made if they do decide to trade it and and whatnot. Um, and I think you could also take like coaching changes into account, which I like Monty Williams as a coach. I think that Frank Vogel probably shouldn't have got fired by the Lakers, but the league's different now. We see guys like Nurse and Frank Vogel and Budenholzer and all these guys getting fired like a couple years after being in the finals and winning championships. Um, so that's just what the league yeah, is now. Sure on I think that Vogel will be good for them. I mean, he's a defensive-minded coach. They don't have many defenders, but... I think that when you trade an aging Chris Paul and you add a guy like Beal who is in his prime, even though Beal is not a perfect player by any means, um, I do think that they have so much often, uh, offensive firepower that like it's kind of hard not to give them a good grade. So I'd give them a... I'll give them a, a B. B plus. I'll give them a B plus. I think by adding Beal, you got, you got I was, to I was gonna, be there. Yeah, I was at an A minus. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll move on to some other teams. Next team we got on the list. Young team is doing a lot of things right now, um, for better or for worse. The Houston Rockets. Uh, so they obviously <clears throat> well picked. The, they had the fourth fourth pick. They took Amon Thompson, and then they got mm-hmm. Cam Whitmore later in the draft. Um, they also signed Fred VanVleet to a massive deal. Let me pull that up here just to be on my piece and keys. Three, Three years, $120 million. So he's in the 40s on his deal. Yeah. Um, and then the other big signing was Dylan Brooks, four years, $80 million, which I think is a massive <laughs> overpay. Which Dylan, I mean, he is what he is. He's not as, I think that a lot of the, like, antics that he had at the last the end of last season and it completely backfiring in his face i think that like looked worse than it was maybe so i think he is, i think Definitely. he's a solid mb like he could start on a good nba team like i think he's a playoff guy and stuff like that but 20 million a year is kind of a little rich for my blood um But what 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 are what are they doing exactly? Do you get any sense of what they're doing? Like they're kind of they have the money to spend. They have a boatload of young guys, and they bring in. I like Van Vliet, but that's a big number. And I like Brooks, but that's a big number. Maybe that's just like they have the money, so they have to spend it. I mean, I 
I'm not really. Are they trying to win now? Or are they trying to build for the future? I'm not really sure what they're doing. Uh, obviously, they're not trying to win. They're not trying to win now. I mean, they, I think they're in a position where they're still trying to figure out what young guys are going to be the ones that are sticking sticking there long term. So, um, I mean, obviously, I think Jalen Green's there to stay. What's his third season? Yep. Third going to his third season. Um, I mean, I think he's there to stay. I don't, I don't know if you know exactly what he is yet, but for the time being, I think he's there to stay. Um, obviously, he's drafted Thompson. I know Whitmore was a person that they like thought would be a top ten pick. I, I forget why he slid. Was it injury concern or something along those lines? Yeah, um, it was the physicals and like I guess I mean, he didn't do great in like interviews and stuff. He's not like a super like happy person. Like he kind of has a weird personality where he kind of <laughs> seems like disinterested. It's, but, how they treat the draft interview like a uh, actual job interview, I see. Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, it's a talent aside. Okay. Um, besides the point, though, I mean, he was considered like a top 10 talent. So, yeah. Um, who knows what you might get out of that? Uh, Sangoon is a pretty solid big. I mean, yeah, they're Sangoon's young. awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. They're young. And I just think that. I, I, again, I don't know if they know who's there to stay, and they added some vets with uh, Van Fleet. Granted, overpay, but it's only a three-year deal. I don't think they're going to be contending in three years. I mean, next season's another developing year, maybe, and then the two years after that is when I guess I mean you might get into play-in or you know, seven-eight seed talk. Um, so by the time yeah. his contract is up, I mean, I I, I don't think that it, it was a burden or an issue to give him all that money. Um, I think the biggest thing for them is just developing the the young guys and seeing again seeing who's there to stay. So yeah, I, I think they're kind of kind of like what I was talking about with the Knicks. With like, it's a tough line to gauge in terms of like when do you make that move for the big star because you don't want to give up a bunch of assets for the wrong guy, but you also don't want to wait too long and miss out on the right guy. Uh, I think they're in a situation where, like, they have so much young talent between, you know, guys we mentioned, like Sangoon, um, Thompson, Whitmore, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith. Um, like, how long do you stockpile it? So are they in a situation where they want to compile a few of those guys, a couple picks and whatnot, and try to lure a guy? Like, it is Houston. Like, it's not Minnesota. It's not Utah. Yeah. Like, they could get a star there. And by bringing in Ime Adoka and bringing in Van Vliet and Brooks, who were, like, playoff vets. Um, like, it kind of seems like they want to win now, but they're all – they're they're so also kind of like the Warriors. Like, is it – what generation are they in? You know what I mean? Not that Van Vliet and Brooks are old. Like, they're still younger guys, but they're more of, like, win-now guys. So I, I think they're kind of going to play it yeah. out this season. I think year three green, they would expect to be better. Year two Jabari Smith, they would expect to be better. Sangoon's solid. I think if they if they think that Thompson can come in and, and be solid right away, and then Brooks and, and Van Vliet are what they are, like maybe they could put something together this year, get into that play into like the play in hunt. Um at the very least, if it doesn't work, I do think that like Brooks and Van Vliet could be trade chips down the road. Who knows? I, I just think it's yeah, weird maybe to bring I in just email. Don't have... I just think it's bring a weird Weird to bring an email to not try to win. I don't know. I think this is the year when you start actually 
I mean, obviously you're always developing, but this is really the year when you start putting putting those pieces together. Um, again, as far as who's going to be there in the long run, but I don't think that the expectation is that, you know, they're going to be winning not a, not a bunch of games, obviously, but even being um, above playing that playing bunch. So that would be a top a top six seed. And truthfully, I don't think they're a playing team. Yeah, I would. I honestly, thinking about it off the I just top don't, of my head, I think I don't know if there's a team in the West worse than them. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You don't go from a top a, a top five pick to now being a a, a playing. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could be a playing contender, depending what other moves you make. But I don't know. I, I just don't see that big of a of a leap from them. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean. I, I I can't imagine that Van Fleet went there because he thinks he's going to win. I mean, they paid no, no. I mean, him and him and Brooks went More, for the money, hundred percent. But yeah. like it, it, the Eme part of it is the weirdest part to me because I think that he is a is a good coach, I, and I I just don't know how he's gonna. I think he would be better fit for like a team like what he did with the Celtics, like a team that's you know a perennial playoff contender and he kind of got them to the next level and brought them to the finals. Like, I don't know what, what he does with a young team. Like, I don't know if him and Kevin Porter Jr. are going to be on the same page necessarily. Yeah. I think that with him being aside from the, you know, the situation like what with him leaving Boston, I think that him with also with him also being a young coach, because that was only his first season. His only season, yeah, yeah, as as a head coach. So I think that you saw with the the success that he had with Boston, um, and with him being a young coach, you know, joining a team that has a bunch of young players that are are developing, um, he might have the ability to max them out um, more than a coach that's kind of just been been around the league. Yeah. And, an older coach has had longer tenures elsewhere, and it's kind of just like a doc. I was going to say an example Doc, if Doc Rivers were to join the staff, I don't think he's getting the most out of those guys that somebody like Eme did with being a young coach. And, you know, again, having having that success in that one season with putting the Celtics over the top um, from what they had been previously. Yeah. I just think that he's suited in a situation with young guys. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'd also heard a rumor that. Um that Brooke Lopez had a verbal agreement with them before he decided to go back to the Bucks, The but, Rockets. Yeah. So I, I feel like they were trying to take bigger swings, like go after Lopez. You, I had heard rumors of them trying to get Middleton, trying to put something together for Jalen Brown, and then obviously all the Harden rumors. Like I feel like they were trying to take a bigger swing, and kind of what they were left with was Van Vliet and Brooks. Um, so for that reason— I don't think there's anything wrong with that, though. No, there's not. I mean, they got to give the money to somebody, right? Like, they got to fill out a roster. Um, and, you know, it's been said before, but they can't have you can't have a full team of 22-year-olds. Like, it's okay to have some vets in there, too. Yeah, for sure. Because um, you kind of see it with the Sixers, no offense, but, like, you don't want to – it can kind of become toxic and hard to dig yourself out of if you're just okay with losing for so long. You know what I mean? So, like, the fact that they are making an effort to get better – has to be accounted for. Um, but with that being said, I think I'm giving them a D plus. Really? Jesus Christ. I mean, they, they didn't, uh, like, I just, I, I just <laughs> don't know what, the, uh, 
I, I just don't really. <laughs> I, I think it's too overpays, and I, I just I, I don't see them being any better than a bottom two team in the West. I don't think they, Which got they worse, probably will be. But again, I don't but, think that's it. I don't think that's an issue with them being a bottom two team. Um, I was I was gonna say a B, a B. Um, again, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, overpays sure, but the biggest thing I think is that you again you develop you develop those guys. You bring in two, three vets. If you, I don't know if you mentioned Jeff Green or not, but you bring I in didn't. you bring in three. Well. Dylan Brooks is still relatively young, but you get my point. Yeah. Three guys who have been in the league for for quite some time, um, who have that leadership experience and a, a winning experience as well. Um, around those young guys, that's gonna you would imagine would benefit them greatly. Um, again, while they continue to develop, and then by the time that I think this is my opinion, by the time the Rockets are ready to con- are ready to contend, uh, those contracts will probably be up. The Brooks sure. and and um, Van Fleet, so I don't think that the money that they spend on them right now is 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 hindering their future at all. I I even I agree in the sense that I think in retrospect this might look great because like kind of what we were saying before about how as the cap goes up and player contracts go up, like Van that Van Fleet deal might be nothing three years from now. Yeah, and if they're in a better position and they could flip that for two assets, that's going to help them win in that moment. You know, I think it remains to be seen, but, um, yeah. so the next team we want to talk about has been, you know, all over the news recently, kind of been a big topic of conversations, the Portland Trailblazers and everything that they're, you know, what's going on with Dame Lillard and everything. So he finally did it. He finally requested the trade. Uh, it's been rumored for, you know, years and years of when's Dame going to want out. Is Dame ever going to want to leave? Is he going to request a trade? And it's kind of finally gotten to that point. I don't even think you could blame the guy. Like, I don't think it's, like, a a bad thing. I mean, you can't blame somebody for wanting to win, right? He's kind of – I think he's accomplished everything he could have possibly accomplished already in Portland. Definitely. Obviously, he was uh, a bit loyal to a fault. For being real about it, we really know he won it out long ago. Yeah, no, he definitely did. Um, I don't think it's probably allowed him to miss that, though. No. <laughs> What do you so? What do you view as like the timeline here? Do you think that? Do you think he's played his last game as a Blazer? Like he's gone before the season starts, or you think they kind of waited out into the season? Nah, I think that I definitely think the the Blazers aren't going to rush a trade. Like I think they've made it pretty obvious that um, they, I guess, expect like a pretty substantial package um, in return for him, which is fair. I mean. He's an all NBA type of player, so of course you want to get as much as much as you can for him. Um you know, I even saw some something a day or two ago where it's like the Blazers or Dame doesn't really have much leverage um as far as choosing where he wants to go. I mean, it wasn't the same as uh the Bill situation where Bill had a no trade clause. I mean the the Portland could trade him to whoever whoever they want to. Um Obviously, I think they want to uh, accommodate him just a bit just because of his loyalty and like what he said for the franchise. But at the end of the day, like it is a business and they're probably going to do what's best for that team. So um, if it isn't Miami with a package that they would like, then, I mean, I, who, who's to say where he might end up? 
Yeah. Um, but I think that they will try to do it before the season starts, though. That kind of leads me to my next question. Like, do you think that – I don't know how to word it. I don't want to say do you think that they owe him anything, but, like, do they owe him anything? Like, do they – do you think that they will be lenient in trying to help him out because he stuck around for so long in a market that most people probably wouldn't? And, you know, he's one of the probably four, you know, three to five best players they've ever had in their franchise history. Um, and like, he's a genuine, like, he seems like a genuinely like likable guy. Like, I don't know how much they're going to want to help him out. Cause if he wants to go to Miami right now, unless the third team becomes involved, like, I don't think Tyler hero and Duncan Robinson and a couple swaps or a couple picks with a team that's always good, no matter who they have is going to be enough where like they could trade him to Utah who has a million picks and get back like two young players and six picks. Yeah. But would they do that to him? Are they going to ship him off to Utah? Which like isn't putting him in a better position than he's already in. Like at that point, he might as well just stay in Portland. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what, how do you gauge it? Is like, what's the, how much they're I think be from to our perspective. Yeah. I think from our perspective, as like we look at that as like a very thin line, maybe that's how I kind of look at it, look at it. But the reality of the situation is like, again, the line is probably uh, a bit longer than, than what I'm imagining. It's just as far as, like, again, they're going to do what's what's best for them. Like, sure, they do want to accommodate for him and, you know, look, look out for him to a sense. But, again, to my point, they're not just going to give him up for, I don't want to say scraps because, obviously, that's unrealistic. They're not going to, you know, get nothing for him. But, yeah. again, a player of his caliber, the package that you should get in return for him should be, like, pretty significant. And um, they're going to do... I think they're going to do what they can to to get that form. Um, if that means not sending him to a desired location, then that might be the case. But, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll try to look out for him as much as they can. The other thing, like, in terms of, like, urgency of the deals, like, he's not a free agent after this year. So it's not like they're super urgent yeah, to exactly. trade him because they know they're going to lose him. Like, he's under contract for a few more years. So um, it's just tough. It's kind of – it kind of – Reminds me of like the Carmelo situation in the sense that like when he got traded to the Knicks, like you have to give up a lot to get him. So like you're putting yourself in a better situation by having him, but you also want to still have enough assets and enough like good players to that you're still going to be in a position to win. Or like the Heat, if they give up Hero and Robinson, like they'll still be in a position to win. But like realistically, it should probably be a player like. Like, the Blazers would probably want, like, Bam back to give up that level of player, but the Heat would never do that. Yeah. Because then they're not going to be in a position to win. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems like a lot of teams would... are becoming interested. Like, the Sixers, the Nets, the Heat, the Jazz, apparently. Like, there's probably plenty of teams, but like I said, the team they could probably get the best package from isn't really doing much for Dame. Yeah, and I mean, I, even from when the report came out, like I, within hours, I heard that a third team probably wouldn't need to be involved um, yeah. to make it happen anyway. So this could end up being, I mean, it's just aside from that, aside from it being Dame that's going to be getting traded, like it could be a pretty like a blockbuster deal as far as like, another superstar being involved. Would you want to see Dame in Philly? Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people worry about giving up Maxi, which like will be disappointing because you know his potential. You never know; you don't know what it might be. Um, 
But to get somebody like Dame, especially with Embiid's, how much more time does Embiid have? I mean, yeah, he's a big man, might thirty, I think, or just turned thirty. Yeah, I think um, this is his age thirty. Year. He already, yeah, you already have the injury history. So like, how much more time do you have with Embiid? So as much as I would want to keep Maxi, like, and still be able to get Dame, um, I think you would need to get rid of him and to get Dame and. Maybe that two, three, that two or three year window, but a potential to win a chip, I guess, is worth worth seeing, worth making happen. But I don't think they want to part with him, or maybe that just might be what they're saying. Who knows? We'll yeah. see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Interesting to see what happens here. I mean, at the end of the day, I just I, I I would think he gets traded to like either Miami or Brooklyn. Honestly, like I think that the Heat. I think they bring in a third team, and I think they figure out a way to get them there. Um, but, you know, it's still a little early to call, like a few of the other teams have been in terms of a total report card grade because it could obviously all change in terms of what they get back from Dame and whatnot. But uh, the guy we didn't mention was Jeremy Grant. They brought him back on a five-year, oh, I think yeah. it was 260. Um, 260? No, no, 160, no. 160, 160. 160, 160. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But... <laughs> Huge, huge deal. Um, but I would imagine that wasn't like a they signed him and then Dame all of a sudden requested a trade and he kind of caught him blindsided. I'm sure they had already talked to Dame and kind of knew what the situation was. But I think bringing in Scoot will be awesome. I think that I, I like Shaden Sharp a lot. I like Simons, but I think it's almost worth it to move off of Simons. Maybe add more depth because I just think I think Scoot and Sharp would be a really like you know, uber athletic backcourt and yeah, that they'd be awesome together and they're both super young. Um, but you know, I don't see a scenario where they have Dame, Scoot, Simons and Sharp, like they're all small guards. They kind of do the same thing. So they got to move off Nurkic, probably trade Dame in the near future, but I'll leave it as a TBD. I like, I don't love the grant contract, even though, uh, you know, he's a Syracuse guy. I like Jeremy Grant. He's he's been good for a while. Like he's not he's like a borderline all star guy. He's never gonna be the second best player on a championship team, but I think he could have been something similar to what Aaron Gordon was on a Nuggets team. He already kind of was when he was there. You know, they're a little bit better now. Maybe Gordon fit the role better, but I think that Grant could be like you know, if Grant went to a team like the Lakers or something and he was their foreman, like I think he could be awesome for them. Like they could win a championship with him. Yeah. Um, and when he has his own team, you know, the, the way the league works now and stuff, like anybody could really, if you have enough opportunity and you're like a high level enough player, like you could get to 23, 24 a game. Like if Dame's out, he'll probably average 24, 25 a game. But I don't think he's, yep. you know, a franchise altering player. But I'll leave it as a TBD. Yeah, I'm with you on that as well. I think the great, uh, can't really, it's not really fair to give a grade until you see what yeah. what the deal comes to, if one happens. All right. We'll take another break. Come back. We're going to talk some Victor Wembanyama. All right. So something we wanted to go to go through that we kind of already talked about and I had kind of already been thinking about for the past few weeks is uh, the whole Victor Wembanyama situation. Like, you know, he's probably the best prospect ever, if not you know, top three or four ever. And he could change, you know, everything. Like, he could be an all-time generational talent. 
He's massive. He's super skilled, especially for his size, but just super skilled in general. I think he ended up in a great situation in the Spurs where they have the infrastructure of winning and, you know, he could have great mentorship from, you know, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker's also French, Manu, and he's playing for Popovich. They got some other solid young guys. Um, So it just kind of got me thinking. Right now, how many guys in the league would you not trade Wembenyama for straight up? So, like, let me think of a random one. So you would obviously trade Siakam for Wembenyama straight up. You would trade Julius Randle for Siakam straight up. Um, yeah. you would trade Jalen Brown for Siak for for, uh, for Yama, I should say. You would trade Rand- I, I think I said Siak before. You would trade yeah, you I Brown, got, I got you, man. Brown for Wembenyama straight up. Um, so I don't know how long this list goes. It might be different for you and me, but what I have, I have a couple tiers here, two just two tiers. So okay. I have Luca, Jokic, and Giannis. I'm not trading for him straight up, not right now. Okay. There might absolutely not. Then, where I'd really have to think about it, but probably not. I'm not trading. I don't think I would trade Tatum for Wembenyama straight up, but it's more of a conversation. And the other one I have on the list is Booker, which I would really have to think about. I don't think right now I would trade Booker for Wembenyama straight up. But I think outside of that, anybody else could be in the conversation. I left off Embiid. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he just came off an MVP season, so that one could be debated. I, I, I don't, I don't. That'd be a tough call, but I think you have to take age into account as well. Okay, so I, I don't know if if you and I took the same approach on this. Besides just the players, because I have a much longer list than you. Um, I also took in like the team's current situation. Like, did you do the same? And yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well. Do you disagree with any of the players I, I had, had before adding? No, I, had, I had the same I had the same four that you did. Or five. What was it? Four or five? Yeah, I had five. I had Luca, Jokic, Giannis, Tatum, and Booker. Okay. I had the same the those same five. Um added to that, I have Embiid. Okay. I have Shea. I okay. have Steph. KD, Braun, uh, you have Booker, so we I agreed on that. Um, and then there was, my bet I had two more. Oh, this one, probably debatable, uh, probably a unfavorable opinion, but I w- I don't think that you would trade him, uh, Donovan Mitchell, straight up for him, and the last. Um, which I don't really don't think you're gonna agree with this at all. But given the team situation, I don't think you trade Jimmy Butler straight up for him either. Okay, this is an interesting list. I like to. I would. I want to hear your thoughts about some of the guys, but I just want to make a quick amendment. Um, I think that given what Steph means to the franchise and to the city, I don't know how I left him off. I would put him in that second tier with Tatum, Booker, and with Tatum and Booker. Um. Again, it's just tough. He's 34 years old, so you'd kind of be out of your mind. Like, I guess it depends what window you're looking at. But I could, I, I completely disagree with the LeBron take. Like, LeBron is going year by year. He might be playing in Atlanta this time next year for all we know, playing with Bronny. 
So there's no way you don't take back Wembenyama, who you might have 20 years with for one year with LeBron. And yeah, you might win the finals. If I think. You win I LeBron. think. I think. I think you have more than one year out of LeBron. But I also think that, um, I mean, when have the Lakers ever kind of been building for the future? I mean, they probably should, but I think they're kind of in win-now mode. And maybe I'm underestimating how good Wimby might be. I do think he's going to be a very good player, but I think it might take, not that this is a long time down the road, but maybe until next season, two or three seasons for him to, like, really get, uh, you know, his feet under him and, like, making an impact where he is, you know, has his team competing for a championship, maybe. Um, I think it's going to take him a couple years to get to that point. So for that reason, I think the Lakers are in a situation where they're like, yo, we want to get as much out of LeBron as we can now while he's still here, whether that be another two two seasons. I think they might take a chance at two championships. Um, Not saying they wouldn't want Wimby, but just for, you know, kind of how their front office is, which is wanting to win now, then – they might, they might go ahead and be wanted. I, I think we should have started around. this um, by asking, like, what do you – do you think Wemby's going to live up to the hype? Like, where do you see him when it's all said and done? Like, do you think he's on the level of what he's being praised at? Know. Like, he's going to be a top 10 player ever? Or do, what do, you, do you see him as uh, – is, is he going to win an MVP? Do you think he's going to be perennial all-star? Do you think he's going to be more of like a – you know, he might average 20 and 10 – for a while, maybe be a four-time All-Star, but never really exceed that. Because I think that's a big part. Of it. I hope because so. I think if you if you think you're getting a four-time MVP and three-time champ, like I think it changes the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you see the potential, obviously, um, and I'm sure he doesn't have the potential to do all that stuff, though. But yeah, I hate to just like put any bad energy out there, but like you see a person of that size, and like injuries are always a concern. Um, I don't know when you have somebody that's that talented, you kind of put the injuries like that thought to the side and just look at it as this is again a generational player, um, given like his skill and size. Um, so I, I truthfully, I'm not, I, I'm not the person to ask as far as what I expect from him, um, with his potential because I seriously have no idea. I think when if healthy, he's gonna be a great player, yeah, um, an all time player, hopefully, maybe, um. You know, definitely a person that might be in those MVP conversations, um, but I can't I can't say that like without a doubt. You know how some people are just so um, you know dead on that. You know this person is going to be great. I just know it. I can't. I'm not. I don't have. I don't have that certainty for him. Um, and then with injuries, you know, possibly being a concern. You never know. So, I think just being realistic, it's more feasible that he's going to be closer to like Porzingis than he is going to be to Kareem. Uh, just being reasonable, like obviously you're gonna take that bet every time. Like he's yeah. probably not gonna be the third best player ever, but I just think from a ceiling standpoint, I think that list is just a little. Can you can we go through your list again? <laughs> we can. It just seemed a little a bit long. So, nah, I figured you may think that. So I had Embiid, um, Jokic, Shea, Giannis, Tatum. Steph, KD, Braun, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, um, I also had Jokic. He was on another page, so I missed him. But I also had Jokic, and then I had Jimmy Butler. Did you say Luca? I did say Luca. Okay. Yes. 
Are you saying Embiid from a fan standpoint? Um, because I think it it could be just no. as likely that Embiid gets hurt for the rest of his career as Wembenyama getting hurt for the rest of his career. I think that Embiid has put those. I mean, even though he has had the history, I think that the past couple of seasons he's been relatively healthy. Um, as far as like not having any sort of significant injury that has you know kept him off for a, a prolonged period of time, um, I say that as he played with the torn meniscus and is in the air sound like that this past playoffs. But I just think from from the general standpoint, like he's kind of overpassed. Um, or overcome like those injury concerns. Um, obviously, it's always a possibility again with somebody his size, and then like now being close to thirty. But um, I think the Sixers still think there's a window with Embiid to win a championship, and with the luck that we had, did the Sixers even want to take a chance on <laughs> another another young guy who, you know, again his frame, you know, he might not work out as far as again injuries or. This may not work out at all when you, you know, again, you have an MVP caliber player, an MVP winner, and there's hopefully a, a, another couple year window, um, especially if they can get a star this offseason that, you know, they have a shot of a shot at a championship. I think it becomes a question of it, are, are you going to look at this from a best case scenario or like more realistic or worst case scenario? If you're, because, like, if you're, if you're a, con- sorry, good. Oh, sorry. If, if you're a contender, I think that you're like you're in win now mode. Like it's it's hard it's hard to it's hard to be a contender see a person even see a player even though like again his potential and the talent that he has see somebody like that and automatically be like all right we're going to it's going to be a downgrade. Obviously he's great but he's it's it's unfair to say that he's going to have the impact of like an all NBA player in his first season or his first co- or his first two years maybe. I don't know. Um, I just think that if you have an opportunity to win right now, like with with a star player, you kind of got to take it as a contender. All right. How about this? Think about it like this. Say the Sixers trade Harden and they don't get a massive haul. Say they get like a Terrence Mann, Norman Powell, right? And say the first year with Nurse doesn't go great. Maxi doesn't grow that much. And they're like the five seed and they lose in the first round. And Embiid wants out. And they're in a situation next year where they're trading him for... Randall and RJ Barrett and picks where you could have traded him for Wembenyama. Obviously, it's all theoretical. Like, it's not like there's an actual trade on the table for trading Wembenyama for Embiid. But I think you're looking at it from a best case scenario standpoint where, yeah, the Sixers might win the finals this year and B might have another MVP season. But what happens if it doesn't work out and Wembenyama's a top 10 player and Embiid wants out of Philly in 18 months? I think then that's just like. I think if if it came down to death in the front office didn't do what they should have done this offseason. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it should it shouldn't get to that point where you underperform that bad where you're where he wants to leave. Yeah, but I think it's on the table. We're like I think we're like Embiid is a great player. I'm not trying to diminish anything, but I'm just saying like even if it's Giannis and this season goes horribly, like I still think you still take Giannis every time. Just because yeah, of what he I is. Agree. Same thing with Jokic. Like they might not, they might not defend their title. They could lose in the first round. Jamal Murray and could get hurt again, and Porter could be horrible, and Aaron Gordon could be bad, and it might not work out. But I still think you still take the chances as Jokic. 
I just I don't know. I, agree. I don't know if you take the chance when it's a beat. I don't know. Um, yeah, I also I, think I, that I, you're I smoking know. crack if you think that the Heat wouldn't trade Jimmy Butler for Juan Banyama straight up. Right now, I don't think I don't think they would, especially if they have a chance to get Dame right now. That they're they're not they're not trading him straight up. So you'd rather have Jimmy Butler and Dame than Dame aging with like fine wine with Wembenyama as he's on the ascent. Um, also think about it from a contract standpoint because Dame's last year he's making sixty three million, and Wembenyama's still going to be on a rookie deal. Or you might be paying Butler and Lillard an absurd amount of money as they're on the long side of 30. I think that I think that you can still be especially with the way he shoots, like he can still be a dynamic guard well into his thirties. Um Lillard or Butler? Butler, obviously uh Lillard. Um Butler, obviously, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you're going to you're gonna see a, a digression for both of them. But, I mean, if you're just in the NBA Finals and now you're adding a player, again, that's of the caliber of Lillard, that that, that expands your championship window for, you know, they already had a window, uh, you know, against all odds. But um, that extends your window for a number of more years. And you still have Bam that's getting better as well. You have Tyler. Well, Tyler Hill is probably going to be involved in the trade. But, um I don't know. I think if you're if you're just in a championship and adding a player like that, um, I'll take that back. Actually, I think that, I think uh, I think if you're talking about windows, I think like, you yeah, would. if you have Bam I think you and Lillard and Butler, I think you like, would. Yeah, you might have a three year window where you can win a championship. I think if you have if you do get Lillard, even if you don't get Lillard, I think if you have Bam and Wembenyama and the Miami infrastructure, I think you have a fifteen year yeah, period. And now. that's and that's and that's it's, well, I was gonna say. I was going to say that even if they had I was I was actually just thinking if they had Dame uh Wemby and Aiton then he would give up Butler and Bam you mean oh, Who'd I say? No, I meant I meant Dame, Wemby and Bam. Is that what I said? I didn't say you that. said Aiton, you said Aiton. Yeah, yeah, Bam. Um then I guess in that case you will give up Butler. But with I don't know if it's if it's gonna if it's gonna be Bam and Aiton. I mean uh, I keep on saying Aiton. If it's gonna be Wimby and Bam, I don't know. All right. So do you? So you don't think the Thunder trade? I actually, I trade... actually, I actually do think. I'm sorry. I actually do think you give up. You, you give up Jimmy Butler for uh, for. Uh, Wemby, I was tripping on that one. Do you think the Thunder? You don't think the Thunder trade SGA for Wemby? Nah, I don't think so. I really like SGA. He was awesome this year, and I think he's going to be awesome for a long time. But I think with, I don't think, I think they have to, almost by the opposite logic, because yeah, with Butler, kind of like with Embiid, you have the championship window now. With Butler, if they get Dean, they're in the championship window. I don't think the Thunder are in the championship window yet. So if you have to wait two, three years for Wemby to be that guy, I think that's kind of what you're looking at anyway. And they have so many picks and so many assets that if you have Wemby and then you could turn those picks and those assets into another star to put with Wemby, I think you're putting yourself in a better situation than what you're in right now. Like like we were saying before, like I don't know who the next star that becomes available is, but 
We were talking about it earlier. If Luca becomes available in a year, 18 months, who knows what that package is going to be. But the Thunder have 18 picks. Like, if they trade a million picks and, you know, whoever it may be, Jalen Williams and Lou Dort and Chet even, to get Luca, and now you have Luca and Wemby three years from now for the next decade, I think that's, I, I don't know. I don't think they're in the championship yeah, window now. I think you I have thought, to do that. Well, I think that, I mean, Shea's obviously already a all-NBA player. Um but the similarities of Chet and Wemby are so yeah. strong that it's like yeah. I mean, yeah. you already you already have a guy like him. You don't know what he what he what he might even be. Um, obviously, he doesn't have the same you know projected potential that that Wemby has. But I mean, another seven foot plus guy with guard skills, and he just put on a bunch of weight after not playing this season. Like he got some muscle. I think he a more NBA ready body now. Um, I think for that, like, given that you already have a guy that's just that's, has a similar, you know, style that to Wemby, then just keep Shea because you already know you have an All NBA guy again with the potential of somebody who could be an All NBA player as well with uh with Chet. All right, I, I got I got a good one for you before we wrap up. Would you trade Would you trade De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis for Wemby if you're the Kings right now? <laughs> Mm. I feel like it probably shouldn't. I don't know. It probably shouldn't be harder. The crazy than, thing is that it's closer than, than it should it be. I think because you're trading two all yeah. like all NBA level guys for you know a rookie. I think the fact that it's even close, maybe it's an unanswerable question. I don't know. You don't have to answer it, but I just think it's the fact that it's even close says a lot. Nah, I'll give you an answer. I'm gonna say no again. And I don't, I really, I don't, I don't I necessarily really might think just you're be, wrong. Yeah, yeah. And as you're asking me this stuff and like I'm answering and giving my explanation, like I think that I I just maybe might not be as not that I'm not high on one because again, I don't know what his potential is, but you're more realistic. It's just hard it. from Yeah, it's just hard for me to automatically assume that he's gonna be, you know, super dominant right off the bat and it might not take him a couple years to to get to get going i mean you look at some guys i feel like it's a rarity when you have a um just to say like a top a top five pick or a top 10 pick who's you know a star within their first two seasons i mean yeah it happens but you have to be patient with some players and you know it takes them a little while for them to to get going i guess with a guy like Jalen brown Who's an All NBA player? Like it took him a couple of seasons before he really found himself, and I just think that should be more realistic to expect than you know f- to be dominant right off the bat. Um, and again, with, with with the expectation, the projections that like people have given him, you know, you want to see him succeed, but I just think that they are a bit unrealistic as well. All right, so to kind of wrap up here, um, just couple last things we want to talk about here uh we wanted to do like a mailbag type thing um where we have an email address it's the catch show one at gmail.com um so whether it be questions about sports random life questions music questions movie questions television questions 
whatever it may be, suggestions, just general comments or feedback about the show. Um, that email line's always open. We'll read them on the show and read and react live to them. Um, you know, we have social media, Instagram and Twitter. Follow us on there. We're looking to expand onto YouTube, TikTok, and just kind of really grow this thing. But I think something fun that's pretty easy to do if people want to get involved is the mailbag. So the email is thecatchshow1 at gmail.com. Um, so, again, questions, comments, about anything, we're kind of open to it. Any uh, parting words? Bring them on. Bring them on. Bring them on. We're not. We're not. We're not shot answering anything. <laughs>